Hello, everybody, and welcome to <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shrektober the Third. And unless you're a dead king frog, you know what that means. Today on Al Pacino's prison scene, we are going to be discussing Shrek the Third, the third Shrek movie. If you didn't listen to the first two Shrek movies, you're way behind at this point. And like, what what are you even doing? With they don't your even life? know about uh, Ogre Thomas. They don't even know about Ogre Thomas. But we, today we're going to be talking about Shrek the Third. It's Shrektober all month long in Al Pacino's prison scene. Probably should have mentioned this in the first two episodes, but if you want to jump in on the action, you can go on Twitter and tweet anything you want with the hashtag Shrektober, and if we like it, we might retweet you. doesn't even have to be related to the podcast. If it's a picture of a banana, hashtag Shrektober. Yeah, let's get this trending. If it's a video of your dog falling down the stairs, Shrektober. Anything that happens in the month of Shrektober is Shrektober. Shrektober is love. Shrektober is life. Shrektober is everything else also. Shrektober is. Shrektober is. So, Jake, uh, when I was watching this, I think this may be the only Shrek movie I've ever seen in theaters. Really? And I feel, I feel like that's a sad fact. I have not seen this in theaters. I don't think I've seen any in, in theaters. Because as I was watching it, I don't remember what scene it was. But there was one scene where I was like, I feel like I saw this on the big screen. Which... All right, before we get into anything, uh, I feel like objectively, if you ask anyone on the street, they would say this is probably the worst Shrek movie, but I think it may also be the most poignant, which is weird. And I mean, I'll, I'll get into that later. You may not Ooh, agree with I, me here. I think I, I think I disagree with you. We'll get into but, that. But uh, I think this movie, despite it being probably my least favorite in the franchise, uh, also, this movie made me laugh more than the other two for some reason. I don't know if it was like the writing or just because it was like a quote unquote bad movie, but I don't know. I, I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. However, <laughs> I will say it is probably the most forgettable Trek movie because I watched it earlier today and I already don't remember. You watched it today? That happened. Yeah. Okay. I watched it last night and I don't, I remember that they're at a high school called Worcestershire. Yeah. And that's about it. The only thing that I remember like vividly from this movie is the scene where Shrek throws the bottle at the ship and then it breaks the ship and the ship catches on fire. <laughs> that image for some reason is ingrained in my memory forever. I'm but trying to think of before we get deeper, Jake, do you want to talk about more piano services? I absolutely would love to talk about more piano services. And you know why, Thomas? Why? Because they just I, I, they just do a great job, Thomas. They just do a great job. I press that piano key and it makes a ding. Or if I'm going low, it makes a dong. So if you're a big, 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 big Al Pacino fan or a Shrek fan, you know that Captain Hook plays the piano. And you also know Captain Hook has a hook. So and likely, you also know that Captain Hook breaks his piano. So who do you think Captain Hook takes his piano to? I, You know what? I bet I know. Who? who I bet think? he takes his broken Captain Hook piano Right down to more piano services. In the Birmingham, Alabama area. And you know why? Because not only did he get those keys fixed, he also got it tuned up. A little bit of voicing, got it regulated, and he fixed those keys with a little bit of repair, and that nice wood that's on it, ooh, that was restored. Because, you know, all that salty seawater gets on it. Makes the wood go all flat. So if you're like Captain Hook, and you want to get your broken hook piano serviced, 
like Thomas said, it's in the Birmingham Hoover area. Make sure you hit up my boy Matthew at 205-810-0012. That is 205-810-0012 for all your Captain Hook piano services. Okay, so I'm going to recap. I'm going to recap this movie, Shrek the Third. As I just said, I already forgot most of it, so we'll see how this goes. But I think it opens with Shrek, probably. It's a Shrek movie. Oh, no, 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 It no. opens with Prince Charming. Right, 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 right. This is the only movie that doesn't open with a storybook. It does not. What, does is the that, fourth one? Yeah, I looked it up. Okay, the fourth okay. one does. So this is the only movie that doesn't start with a storybook opening. So right off the bat, not as good as the other Shrek movies. But anyway, it opens with Prince Charming, and he's riding a horse, and you think he's like a big action man, but he's not. It's, a, it's fake. It's a play. And everyone hates him. And when Shrek comes on stage, when the guy playing Shrek comes on stage, everyone's like, "Woo! Yeah, Shrek!" So nobody likes Prince Charming, and including there's Big Bad Wolf, Pinocchio, and who else is there? Gingy, Gingy, and probably the pigs too. Okay, Three Blind Mice, not in this movie. The much. Resistance is there. The Resistance, but even all the human people like Shrek better at this point because we're at the point in Shrek's life where everyone's okay that he's an ogre, but. Maybe he's still not. We'll get to that later. But right after that, Prince Charming feels real sad. He's like, man, I feel real sad. So then he feels real sad for a bit. But then we cut to Shrek. And he's got to do all these kingly duties because King Frog is sick. And Shrek's not very good at all these kingly duties because he's an ogre. And ogres are good at this. That's what he thinks. Uh, But then King Frog dies. And Shrek's like, well, I don't want to be king. So he's like, who can I go get? And King Frog is like, well, there's this guy, Arthur, you can get. So Shrek's like, okay, I'll go get that guy. So Shrek goes to Arthur's high school. He's like, does anybody know Arthur? And then Arthur's like, I'm a loser. And Shrek's like, that's okay. And he takes him with him. But then they meet Merlin. And then Arthur's like, man, I don't have a dad. My dad left me. And Shrek's like, well, I don't want to be a dad. But I'll be your dad. And then Arthur's like, okay, Shrek dad. And then backtrack a little bit. Go back to Prince Charming. Because this movie has like three or four different plot lines going on at the same time. So the pacing's all out of whack. But go ahead to Prince Charming. He goes to like the evil person bar. They're like, man, we don't want you. You're pretty. It's 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 the bar where the ugly sipsester who goes, who's the guy? Yeah, Except it's she's not, not allowed the ugly back anymore. Because she's not ugly anymore. Right. She's beautiful. And Prince Charming's like, hey, uh, all you guys are really sad and I'm really sad. So we can be really sad together and go get all the good guys and be really happy. And they're like, okay, we don't want to be really sad. So they're doing that. And then Fiona's having a baby shower because she's pregnant with a bunch of ogre babies. Uh, and all the other princesses are there. And they're like, hi, I gave you this present. And but then Prince Charming comes in. And he's like, bah! But then all the princesses ran away. And then the pigs are like, oh, well, Shrek is doing the thing with the, the Arthur. Well, and, then- and Pinocchio's like, well, I don't actually know if I were to not say if I knew where he was not, but then I couldn't say specifically where he was supposed to be, only if I didn't know where exactly that was not. So Pinocchio, Pinocchio was doing a good job. Pinocchio. But pigs were not. So then Arthur, oh, uh, Prince Charming <laughs> is like, Hook, go get Arthur and kill, and don't kill Shrek, but kill everybody else. He's like, okay, boss, you got it. And then he goes and does that, but he doesn't do that because Shrek's a big old cool guy. And then is when they get Merlin to shoot him back. But 
Puss in Boots and Donkey Switch Bodies. It's like a Freaky Friday, but it's a Freaky Far Far Away Friday. It's a Freaky Shrekky. Yes. Uh, and then they're like, "Oh, we gotta come back!" And then they see that Prince Charming has captured all the princesses, and Rapunzel said he wants to be her husband for some reason. Don't forget Shrek's on a play. I'll be into that. Okay. And then Prince Charming's putting on a play so he can be the hero and not be sad anymore. So when Shrek and Puss, who's Donkey, and Donkey, who's Puss, and Arthur, who is played by Justin Timberlake for some reason, uh, is like, hey, man, Shrek's a star. Don't arrest a star. Did you get that fancy thing that we need with the jalapeno butter or whatever Donkey says? And then they're like, oh. So then they go. Talk to, to who is it, room. Nancy? Yeah, Nancy and Asia are. Okay. Something like that. And then they go. Mr. Charming's like, I'm going to kill Arthur. And Shrek's like, no, you don't want Arthur. He's a loser. And Arthur's like, shut up, man. You don't know me. And then he leaves. Now Arthur's sad. But then Shrek really said that to protect him, but Arthur didn't get it. So then, later, Puss Donkey and and Donkey Puss uh, meet Arthur, who's like moping around. He's like, hey, man, Shrek Shrek's trying to protect you. Uh, uh, Prince Charming is going to kill you. And he's like, oh, man, I didn't think about it like that. So then he has to go. And he's got to be like, hey, all you people, don't kill Shrek because Prince Charming is doing a play and he's going to kill Shrek. And then Arthur's like, hey, man, my friend told me that uh, the thing holding you back is you. And so all the villains are like, oh, whoa, man, uh, now I can re- fulfill my dream of doing my dream. And so then they stop Prince Charming from killing Shrek. But then Prince Charming kills Shrek anyways. But he really just stuck the sword in between Shrek's arm and his big belly. So nobody really died. And then I don't remember what happens to Prince Charming at the end end. Oh, neither do I. But he's not in the fourth one, so it doesn't matter. Anyways, then Shrek is like, Fiona, I want to be a dad now. And she's like, good, because I'm pregnant. And you know what does not happen? That happens in every other movie so far. What? Where were we? Oh, I remember. I don't know what you're talking about. So at the end of the first one, they're like, Shrek was going to kiss Fiona. And then he was like, where were we? Oh, I remember. And then he kissed her. And then at the end of the second one, the same thing happens. He goes, oh, where were we? I remember. Oh, okay. But then it goes back to Shrek Swamp and there's a bunch of babies. And then it's happy ever after. And then a song by the Eels plays. Because they are in every Shrek movie, apparently. And then in the credits, Donkey and Puss in Boots sing, Thank you for letting me be myself. Which, if you are a big fan of Albertina's Princess scene, if, if you're a true Shaggy Goose Egg boy, you know. If you are a true Shaggy Goose Egg boy, you know exactly where that's from. And you know what? We're not going to tell you. It's for, it, it, that movie has a talking dog. That's We're not going to tell you. Say. But that is Shrek the Third. Was that kind of confusing? Probably. But this movie's kind of confusing. It is kind of so, confusing. Uh, Shrek the Turd. I was going to make the joke more like Shrek the Turd. Like poop. But I think this movie's alright. Uh, you know what? See, I think that this movie is definitely a laugh. It's a laugh. As long as you sit back and don't think about it. But that's not what we're here for. We are here to think about it. And that's exactly what we're here to do. Thomas, what do you think this movie's about? Okay, so the Shrek franchise, I feel like as a whole, is about self-doubt, in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really hammered home in this one. So the first one, you had Shrek 
was doubting himself because everyone's like, you're an ogre. And ogres are gross. And he was like, you know what? Ogres are gross. But then at the end of the movie, he's like, you, re- you know what? You really know what? Ogres aren't gross. Farquaad is gross. And in the second movie, you have other people being like, ogres are gross. And Shrek is like, well, I just won't be an ogre. But then he accepts himself. But then in this movie, he's got to be a daddy ogre. And that causes problems. So so, I, so in terms of where this takes place in life, because I know you said that you also kind of think this franchise is like steps of life. I mean, I, so I guess I assume this is just like parenthood. Right. Okay. So first movie was like early 20s, bachelor life. Woo! Second movie's married life. Uh-oh. And the third movie is babies. Double uh-oh. Which I, re- I remembered that like the babies were in this movie, like the whole movie, but they're not. Now, you see, I, I kind of feel that way too. Just I remember end. the donkey dragon monstrosities Which, were. I've got something to say about that because something didn't line up there. All right, I'll, let get, me... I'll get to that later. Hold on. So I think this movie is really, 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 really about self-doubt because you got Shrek who don't want to be a daddy because his daddy tried to eat him and like bathe him in barbecue sauce apparently. And then you got Arthur self-doubt for the same reasons that Shrek doubted himself in the first movie. So there is a little bit of retread here. Mm-hmm. But then you also have all the villains. And Charming preys on their self-doubt to get them to work for him. And as I said in the recap at the end, Arthur's like, hey man, the only thing holding you back is, is you. you. So don't do that. You can go now. Um, so I feel like this is kind. Of, I, I was really, I was really, really trying to find this here, um, but I think it's about like corporate abandonment. Okay. So like corporate abandonment, what whatever that means. I don't know. You tell me. Uh, basically, like giving your life away to a company only for them to like disregard you. And throw you out on the streets. So, what is the company? Far, far away? Um, yeah. 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 Because that's where he's trying to get back to. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Far, far away is the company. Because that's what I said in the last episode, was that, like, far, far away was, like, this uh, idealistic community where, like, this exaggerated American dream kind of lives. And so, Prince Charming had basically fallen into this trap of like corporate hope, you know, just with the whole idea of like trying to be king and all that. And then Shrek came along and Prince Charming lost that. And so now all he's trying to do this entire movie is get that back. Well, we live in this world of fairy tale creatures in the Shrek universe. And, but in this fantastical world compared to our world, Charming is even, even a deeper fantasy because he's performing in plays acting out is, lost desires that will never be within a movie right so i think i think that like works with what you're saying yeah the fact that he is like because even at the end he's like i'm a it's still a play but he's gonna kill shrek for real yeah well and even the idea of him going to get all the other guys you know those could symbolize like the other people that have been turned away from the company you know that this this isn't he's not the only person that this has happened to right I think I wrote down exactly what he said somewhere. And where? The beginning or the end? Charming. When he's like getting the people. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I just wrote down that. 
I don't know. But the 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 main point of this movie is that Shrek is not ready to be a daddy. I think that's pretty clear. Oh yeah, that's yeah, one hundred percent. And I think that maybe this movie. I, th- I think people that love Shrek don't like this movie. I think that's fair to say. Um, but the thing about like Arthur in this movie is like the story makes sense. Like I, I yeah. told my dad, yeah. uh, this I feel the same way about this franchise as I do the Rocky movies, that each movie feels like the natural progression of the main character. Right. Like the Rocky movies, I'm not going to go into the movies, but like, he loses the first fight, but then he wins the second fight. And then in the third movie, he's like big famous. And then he loses that, but then he wins it again. And like the 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 good or bad, those movies make sense. Like that was what would happen yeah. for this character. And I think that's true for Shrek also. Like we were saying, first movie, at the end, he gets married to Fiona. Then mm-hmm. the second one is like marital problems. And then what, what do you do after you get married? You have babies. But because Shrek is an ogre and like the themes of self-doubt are prevalent throughout this franchise, they return here in a new way. And Arthur kind of acts as a surrogate son in this film. Well, I wouldn't especially, say I wouldn't say kind of. I think he absolutely does. I don't think there's a doubt about it. Especially in the scene when like they're sitting at the fire and they look in the thing. Yeah. Which I think is a callback to the first movie. Because you say like that scene when Donkey and Shrek are like looking at the stars. Yeah, and then the same like the, one in the second one. It's like this like, like the, the self discovery. Yeah. This is kind of kind of like there's something the truth a deeper truth about their characters being revealed. Yes. Oh. Oh, I thought you were gonna keep going. No, I think I think that was all I had for that for now. Might have something more later, but I mean, like like Shrek, Shrek's just not ready to be a dad. I mean, I don't know. Like, there's evidence through that for that throughout the film that I can bring up if you want me to. Like at one point, Donkey says they grow up so fast, and Shrek says not fast enough, which I think signifies that he's not ready to be a parent or he's reluctant to be a parent. Yeah. And then when Fiona first brings up babies, Shrek falls out of the bed. Yeah. So. Well, we definitely see there's, there's this little dream sequence in the film. Yeah. But I think definitely like. The, it's a nightmare. Yes, a nightmare. Well, nightmares are dreams too. Which, uh, this is kind of not really related. It, they were kind of reminded me of the scene in Pirates of the Caribbean 3 when like there's all the jacks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think these came out the same year. Well, so that's weird. Oh, no, this says Shrek the Third was 2005. Oh, my God, really? That can't be right. That's not right. I'm, what? No. I thought it was 2007. Are yeah, you... it, okay, it is 2007. For some reason, it says, oh, I was looking at the song. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the movie came out in 2007, which is the same year that Pirates of the Caribbean 3 came out. Well, and we could talk about, like, the whole idea of, like, DreamWorks being the counter to um, Disney. Oh, I didn't yeah. even think about that being a Disney movie. But um, I do think I wrote this down in that nightmare sequence. Even though Shrek is terrified, he still has great fatherly instincts. Oh, absolutely. Like, there's all these dangerous things throughout the house, which I think is obviously we don't have kids. We're 20. Well, I guess I'm talking about our kids. So, hmm. but I, what I was going to say was uh, we don't have kids, but I, was, I think it's fair to say that most parents instinctually are like over terrified yeah. when they have their first kid and like they got to protect everything mm-hmm. and they're very careful. And so Shrek definitely showcases that in that nightmare because like there's all these dangerous things throughout his house, but he's saving each and every child from getting harmed. So I think there is an element of self doubt, self doubt for sure, but there might also be 
an element of letting go of your like freedom well, in, the, in the same way from like mom and dad. I would agree with that, except for there's a scene. Okay, this is on the ship, and I don't remember who's who says something first. But Donkey's like, "Oh, don't worry, you won't ruin your life." And the Shrek says, "It's not my life. I'm worried about ruining. It's, it's their kids." Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know if like if he. I don't think I would say that he's worried about like losing his lifestyle because after the first and second movie, he has now accepted the fact that a he can be loved. And B, that like he has this new family with Fiona and her parents, now just her mom. Um, but it's this thing that of the way, which is seen in several movies. So I assume it's like actually prevalent in real life society as well. That people who have bad parents or like parents that are neglectful or parents that abuse them, uh, when they ha- when those people that had those parents have their own kids. They become scared that they will act the same way. Oh, well, that's a huge thing in psychosexual children. development, like Freudian development and stuff like that. Which, now that I'm thinking about it, that brings up an interesting point with Prince Charming. Because I wrote down that he has like an Oedipal complex. Yeah. Because he is very much obsessed with his mom. And as we discussed last week, it, we believe that Prince Charming was basically indoctrinated to believing this thing would happen. Well, and maybe that's exactly why that where that Oedipal complex came from. Well, that, that's kind of what I'm getting to uh, is because since he was indoctrinated like that and his mom told him everything was going to be this way yeah. and now the reality is not that way, that's why he has to resort to this fantasy. And so like this movie he, is about – I know I said self-doubt earlier, but now that I'm thinking about it, I think it's about like parental guidance and the failure of that and like how that can result in, in – how like how that will affect your children. Yeah, well, and that would tie into the idea like the like the steps of life – that are seen throughout Shrek mm-hmm. because I, the, the, the parenthood doesn't, isn't shown until you are a parent. Right. Um, so I definitely think they could work. Well, let me ask you this. So, so we're, we're kind of tinkering with the idea of self doubt. So why does Shrek attempt to run then? Is it just cause he doesn't think he can do it? Attempt to run from what? In the, in the nightmare. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I guess so. Like a well, like a he would especially in the nightmare. I feel like he would be overwhelmed. Yeah, because you know they're just like pouring out of the roof or whatever mm-hmm. happens. Which when he like wakes up from that nightmare at first, and then Donkey's like, "Baba, that's <laughs> terrifying." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would I would probably say is because he just he just doesn't think he can be good enough for the children. Okay, okay. Which may be why a lot of parents that that like do abandon their kids do abandon their kids. It's just because they think they can't do They're it. They're not ready, yeah. yeah. Like, um... I Meet the Robinsons. Well, I, I was going to say in Rocket Man, his dad leaves. Like, uh, Elton Taron Egerton? John. Okay. Yeah, Elton John's dad leaves. And then he has another family later on with, like, two regular kids. So it's obviously not that Rocket Man's dad couldn't handle a family because he can. He just wasn't ready for one in that instance. Right. So I think Shrek is scared of, A, that he'll... Like panic and leave, or be that he just can't be good enough for them, or that he might accidentally eat them, right? Just because he's an ogre. Yeah. But as he, he was a stat, see, he forgot about the first movie. Man, ogres are like onions; they have layers, and they're not all going to be the same. But also, the fact that his dad tried to eat him explains like his isolationist attitude. Yeah. And like how he acted. And not, not I mean, movie. not trusting anybody really. I mean, mm-hmm. like uh, the parents are supposed to be 
to people who you turn to before your adulthood and even into that. But really, like as you're growing up, especially just like an ogre, like I doubt an ogre has a lot of friends. Well, just like just in general. Yeah. Yeah. And so you like what you need somebody to turn to in those times where you're having problems or you or you need to talk about something. But when you don't have that, yeah, I think that really like closes you off to where you can't trust anybody. And yeah, like you said, that's where we get this isolation. And I think that is is prevalent throughout the movie. Uh, I was going to I don't know. I was going to mention this earlier, but then we kept talking and I got distracted. So I would say in this movie, you have like three primary characters. It would be Shrek, Arthur, and Charming. Mm-hmm. And all three of them, we learn, or Charming is not, we don't necessarily learn, but it's pretty heavily implied, as we discussed. Uh, we For these three characters, they all have parental issues. You have parental. Arthur, whose parents left him. Right. You have Shrek, whose dad tried to eat him. Mm-hmm. And then you have Charming, whose mom, as we discussed, you know, indoctrinated him into believing this thing that would happen that never happened, and as such, his... Uh, view on reality is skewed because right. of that. Well, and let's let's. I want to bring up Community, um, the TV show. Yes. Um, if y'all aren't aware of what Community is, go watch it. It's a fantastic show. It's on Netflix and Hulu right now. I think. That's right. Um, Jeff, I forget what episode it is. I think it's the pottery episode with Rich. Um, and he's trying to like, he's trying to figure out why Rich is so good at it. And there's a flashback to when he was a kid. And off screen, his mom's like, you're so special, Jeff. But then at the end of the episode, there's kind of a revelation and there's a there's a flashback again. But instead of saying you're so special, Jeff's mom goes, you're ordinary. And so I think that that's kind of what we run into with Charming, like you're saying, is that not only has he been indoctrinated to this belief, but the belief has controlled his entire life. Mm -hmm. Every decision that he has made has been made to make this um, idea of what his life should be into a reality. And, you know, maybe that is further uh, like commentary on, like, the Disney model, the traditional Disney model. Yeah, because, um, I mean, take a look at the princesses in this movie. Well, I was going to say, like, as we, I mean, as we discussed in the first movie, Shrek was kind of made as a de- deconstruction of Disney, but... I was going to say that like char- the way Charming was brought up and like his mother was like, you have to do this, this, and this is kind of the standard that a lot of little p- girls and boys who watch, who grew up watching the Disney movies probably aspire to be like the princesses or princes or other characters in those films, which as we brought up in the first, when we discussed Shrek, the first movie uh, is not very ide- idealistic. Yeah. But yeah, no, I do agree with you that the, especially the inclusion of the princesses in this movie showcase how flawed that that is like for instance when uh they're in the prison if fiona's like we got to break out of here and then like they all just like lay down and like mm-hmm. we're gonna wait to be rescued and then we see the mom who is who not a wall who headbutts a wall twice who is not a recorded princess that we know of in like no in disney literature or the Grimm's fairy tale literature which now that i think about it it may even go so far as to be a deconstruction of Disney representing, like you're saying, this idea that little boys and girls grow up like with an idea in their head of this, this is what life should be. That goes further into like the idea of an American dream. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's where this idea of like corporation comes from is that like far, far away represents the American dream that is tied into 
corporate America. And then we see it devolve into like, you know, just seeing it as simply a deconstruction of Disney. Right. Even though they're both like intertwined. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't really have anything to add to it. I don't either. Um, I just want to make that point. All right. So then I'm going to move to a new direction. So in the first two movies, I discussed the possibility of Jinji being a resistance leader. Jinji! And I'm sad to say, I feel like this movie throws a wrench in that. And because, Why is that? well, when Charming like comes up to him, when so this is this is the scene right after the Fiona's like baby shower. Like, Are you the, talking about uh, when he breaks in? Yeah. Okay. This is like right after Fiona's baby shower. The princesses have left, and the Shrek gang or Resistance, as uh, Jay called them earlier, are all like sitting around the table drinking tea or something. I don't remember. And then Gingy yeah, this is, has like this a mental break when uh, Pinocchio is like, well, I don't know exactly where he has yeah. been or has not. He does. He well, he has like yeah. Well, but in this mental break, it appears that we see his whole life. Because, like, you see... Almost almost as if his life is flashing before his eyes. Yeah. No, I think that was the intention there. But my point in this situation is that there was no resistance fighting in that montage. I, I don't know if I agree with you. I think we see flashes of, like, what has happened to him. Like, we see, like, his legs getting broke off yeah, by, but like, that's, Yeah, but that was Farquaad, yeah. Well, but what what we see that's good happens after the second movie. I can, I'm, I'm assuming, like when he got. Well, I see. I assumed that it was happening chronologically. Is it like opens with, uh, the Jinji? Say it, Jinji. Yeah, it opens with that guy, and then and then it like cuts to him doing other stuff, and then it cuts to him like getting married and all this stuff. You know, what? I'm just gonna look it up so I can see it. But it the life that is shown there seems to be pretty mundane now. Uh, something else in this movie may support that. And oh, um, I don't know. Well, just which one is it? It's that one. But here. I'll so I, something earlier in the movie, when Charming is doing his play at the very beginning, uh, somebody throws a chair on stage, like at Charming. The beginning of the movie? Yeah. Okay. Someone throws a stool at Charming, and then it cuts to Gingy. So I wrote down, did Gingy throw that chair? I was like, if he did, that's a he's a strong cookie. Oh, dude, do you think that the demon uh, baker of Fleet Street or Drury Street or whatever, I bet he makes them cookies tough. You think Sweeney Todd is the Muffin Man? Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. I bet, who voiced the Muffin Man? Well, I, I bet it was Johnny Depp. Gingy! You think he can do a French accent like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can do it. All right, well, I'm going to watch this clip for like 40 seconds. So if you can talk for that long, I would much appreciate it. See, let's just let's just say that he is. I mean, why can he not be? Because I think that it actually would make more sense if he's had a happy life for them him for then him to be a resistance leader because then like it would add those stakes. Right? So like something like, I don't know, what's another resistance movie? Hunger Games. Hunger Games. So uh, Katniss has a life before she becomes a part of the resistance. And like it may not be like super happy and everything. It is a life that exists outside of a rebellion. Also, well, okay. So I'm, I'm leaning back. Towards... Well, see, see, look, he, he was doing he was doing training. Yeah, no, that was after. Yeah, because he had to get his legs back. And see, and then I think uh, when he's running through his wheat field, I think that is a 
Well, I don't think that's real. But um, well, I don't. But I but I, I don't think it's real. But I think that it has. It is not. It's like it's like a resemblance to when in the first movie when Shrek and Fiona are running through the fields. Well, it's, it's probably the same animation. But um, see, I was going to say something, and then he started talking about that. Now, no. Oh, so do you think that? Um, well, you see, he was in. He was in jail. Okay, shut up. I, I'm trying to talk. Okay, sorry. Um, so in this in this montage, we see a lot of different gingerbread people, including someone that Gingy gets married to. But in the rest of these movies, uh, there are none of these people. So do we think that uh, Farquad killed all of them? Yeah. And then now he's the only one left. So maybe it was a gingerbread. It was a gingerbread resistance. Right. So maybe, maybe, because I was also thinking that maybe like in this, because in this montage, everything's primarily happy. Yeah. Except for when he's in jail. Um, so I was going to say that maybe like the resistance part of his life was just like sad and he didn't want to show that. Yeah. I didn't want to think about that. But it also could have been that his wife was killed. And then that led him to be a hardened resistance leader. Well, I think it's I think it's clear that his wife's dead. I think that's a fair statement. So maybe he is still a resistance leader, maybe not. I feel like this movie models it a little bit. Well, but I think we'll that the, the, the way that he responds is definitely the way somebody who has PTSD would respond. Kind of being lost in like this I, yeah, like in the strands. I agree with that. So I'm saying Jinji is still a resistance leader. You want to talk about sex? Like what kind? Well, that's a good question. Sex as in gender or sex as in... Pound town. Hey, where the babies come from? Yes. Straight? That scene, as a matter of fact. Because. Ooh, I have something to say on that scene too. Well, so I go think, ahead. I think I'm probably going to say whatever you're about to say. Probably not. But uh, Shrek is like talking about, I don't know how this could happen. And then, which I wrote down, I want Puss to explain the birds and the bees to me. When but, you you see when two ogres love each other, yes, perceived and then Puss starts explaining him that, and Shrek's like, "Well, I know how it happened." Uh, so Shrek and Fiona obviously bumped uglies to have these babies. Hey, Thomas, they bump pretties. But then right after that, Donkey looks to Puss and he says, "How does that happen?" But Donkey, he has, has children. Donkey already <laughs> has kids. So I'm going to propose this question to you: How did those kids get here? Well, if we take a look back at the first movie, the dragon was definitely about to get funky with Donkey outside of his will, outside of his free will. So do you think they did the deed and he No, I think Dragon did the it? deed. I think Dragon did the deed. I know, but I'm saying so do you think they did the deed but Donkey didn't know about it? Yes. Okay. Let's see that that could be a possible explanation that makes Dragon uh not a very good character morally so i don't like that very much what i was going to propose is that the which it would it would seem that she was pregnant throughout the second movie and that's why entirely she was in the yeah. beginning yep but what i was going to propose was that these babies came when donkey drank the love potion in the second movie oh and then that's when the babies came so donkey never actually did the deed and that's why he doesn't know about it but because Donkey and Dragon are in love, that love potion created the babies. Because we did discuss what the dragon turned into. Interesting. And so I'm thinking that maybe... She just got pregnant? Yeah, and had the babies. Okay. Okay, that's not what I was going to... I was going to talk about... So I mentioned last episode about 
Donkey's like uh, fusion of reality and Shrek's world. Mm-hmm. And here, Donkey starts singing uh, Cats in the Cradle. Yeah. Cats in the Cradle and a Stupid Spoon. Little boy blue and the man on the moon. When you're coming home, son, I don't know when, but we'll be together then. Yeah. Gonna have a good time then, son. And that's like a. That's like a sad, like, dad song. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, I, I wrote down that that scene, that that song was, like, the perfect choice there. Because, so I, I definitely, Donkey's not as dumb as he, as he pretends oh, to be. Oh, no, no, no. First I don't, I think, I, well, I think I would say that Donkey is a bit of a savant. Uh, I think I could see that. Uh, but, yeah, playing, singing that song, I don't think that song, like, I don't think it would help Shrek. Like, help him feel better. Which, I and don't, then, and then as he's singing it, Shrek is like, "Can we skip to the part where you make me feel better?" Or whatever. That was not. A, that was not a Scottish accent. That was something. That was. But, anywho, uh, that singing that song would not help Shrek feel better, but I do think that it is. I don't know if metaphorically it's, apt for that scene. I don't know if it's meant to make him feel better. Well, I don't. I'm not saying it was. I'm just saying that it. It doesn't. Yeah. Because I think it's it's meant to. I think we hear that this is at the beginning of Shrek's journey when they're going to Worcestershire or however you want to say it. Spicy. Which Worcestershire is not spicy. Not as many good donkey lines in this movie. I will say. I don't know, dude. Mm, Spicy is, I think that may, might be my favorite donkey line because Worcestershire is not spicy. Um, But, uh, this happens at the beginning of his journey. And I think that this song only sets up, sets into like motion. The idea of, I'm going to say it, Thomas self-discovery self-discovery um, in that, you know, actualizing his ability to be a parent. So I think this is a, like you said, it's a great song to play here, but it's a great song that sets up that journey. That's all I got about that. Yes. Um, so I meant to, I meant to, this is not really connected to what you're mm, saying, spicy. but I meant to mention this last week, uh, the guy that plays Prince Charming, the actor is Rupert Everett. And I looked up, he was prominently a, um, like rom-com star. Like he was the guy in a bunch of rom-coms before the Shrek movies came out. Is there one I know here? I'm going to look at it. Probably not. But, uh, the actor is Rupert Everett. So I, I thought that that was an interesting choice to play Charming as a kind of, Decon- it's like deconstructing the Ooh, narrative. He does not look like he should be a rom-com star. <laughs> Sorry, Rupert Everett, if you're listening to this. But uh, I thought that was an interesting deconstruction of oh how, God, like, 45 plus Shrek, uh, you know, oh, is the main character. He was in Narnia. How Shrek is the main character, and Shrek is objectively not pretty on the outside. But then this guy who played a, the lead in a bunch of rom-com movies is the guy that the girl doesn't want in this movie. I thought that was interesting. Okay. Yeah, and what? Oh, I've talked to you about that with uh, Transformers. We talked about that in Transformers. How Megan Fox, Fox, yeah, is the uh, girl that in the beginning of the movie that you want but end up not having. Blah blah blah. Right. Um, and I think that's that kind of goes further in this movie because not only does every time every time Shrek comes on stage, everyone cheers, but also I wrote down that even Artie. Steals charming spotlight at one point in the end. Yeah. So 
he's even though in another movie Charming would be the leading man here, he's like third build at best. It's an interesting dichotomy, I think, of like belonging that plays out in this film. Mm-hmm. Because we see Prince Charming, you would it would it would seem that he does belong. Where? Just in Far Far Away. Oh yeah. Um, but he doesn't. And we see, and I think this is very uh poignant, as you would put it, in um in the uh baby shower scene. So maybe not a dichotomy, maybe just a contrast. But Fiona is getting gifts and like all the princesses act a certain way. Even the ugly stepsister, the the one who goes, who's the guy? Acts a certain way, acts, you know, very like Beverly Hills. But Fiona is definitely not like that. And yet here she is basically about to be the queen. Yeah. Well, is she about to be? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if Shrek becomes king, then yep. she would become queen. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't really listening. Is there well, something I want, oh, want to dude, add to that? Technically, as soon as Harold dies, Shrek is king. Because they're married. Yeah. Yeah. So, interesting. So he would have to at Wait, so what happens at the end of this? Arthur becomes king, right? Yeah. So Shrek actually abdicated. I don't know what that means. Basically, That's just gave, gave up his throne. So Shrek was king. I didn't even think about that. So an ogre Shrek was, was king. An ogre was king. Well, this, he's, Shrek says something about an ogre being king. Uh, an ogre as king? I'm not sure that's a good idea. That's what, that's, that's what Shrek says when um, Frog Dad doesn't want, says he doesn't says he wants him to be the king. Oh, because so, he because he's like still making jokes on your deathbed. Yeah. Uh, so that's 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 just further example of the self doubt. I'm not going to harp on that more. But since we're talking about dead Frog Dad, uh, the song "Live and Let Die" plays. Live and let die. What does that mean? Do. What does it mean to live and live let and die? Let die. Well, basically, I'm pretty sure it just means like don't. Don't try to like stop. Well, I know what live and death. let live means. Live and let. Because live and let live is means like so I'll, live, let... I'll live your life and you live my life. So I think that the live and let die song is supposed to be like a pessimistic outlook. But I'm not. See, sure I don't. About I that. don't think so. But live and let live is optimistic. So live and let die. Ah. Uh, because even the song live. says you used to say live and let live, and now you just say live and let die. Oh, okay. So basically, I don't, it's okay. Not a pessimistic view. This is Urban Dictionary. So take this how you will. It says, Live and Let Die is originally a song written by Paul McCartney. Later referred to a young, naive person saying, Live and Let Live. But after being exposed to more of the world and becoming worn down by it, he says, Live and Let Die. Meaning, I'm going to do what I want. And everyone else can get screwed, which I think works for who? because for Shrek. Okay, yeah. Because that's his whole thing is he's like, I don't want to be king. I just want to be an ogre. Which every time I hear that song, I think of that scene, the scene in this movie, by the way. That's the only place it is. Ever? Ever. Okay. It's not. You can't find it on YouTube. You can't find it on Spotify. You can only find it in Shrek 2. Which Shrek I could have sworn. Oh, <laughs> Shrek the turd. Which I could have sworn there was a band of frogs singing this song. There are. There are? Yeah. Did you not see it? Did I miss it? Yeah. It's only it's only there for like a few seconds. For like a second. Could, okay. Okay. Glad I'm not crazy. But, but yeah, they are there. They are there. Okay. Good. 
So live and let die means I'm going to do what I want. Screw you. Yeah, basically. All right. Well, since we're talking about that, let's go. Let's talk about the other songs. Live and let live. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring up no. the. Live and let live is not a song. Oh, Royal Pain. Yeah, there's there's two songs by the Eels I want to talk about. Uh, but yeah, as Jake said, in the beginning of the movie, the song Royal Pain plays, which first of all, just the name of the song works. Yeah. But it plays while Shrek is doing all his kingly duties and he's doing pretty bad at it. But the, the opening <laughs> lyrics of the song is what plays in the movie. And it says, I got some sleep and I needed it. Not a lot, just a little bit. Someone's always trying to keep me from it. Crying shame. It's a royal pain in the neck. I'm just trying to get by with my pride a little bit intact. So, obviously, the first stanza of that would seem to suggest that Shrek is sleep deprived. I got some sleep and I needed it. But uh, metaphorically, sleep would, I think, means that like Shrek wants to be away from far, far away, but he can't. So, like yeah. him being awake, quote unquote, would be him being trapped here. I so I agree with you, but I think it more has to do with like emotional exhaustion. Basically, this is kind of every everybody deals with it, but like it, the simplest way to refer to it is like an introvert, how they need to like be alone to recharge. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So basically, Shrek is having to exert effort in order to fit in here. Yeah. So he's tired of doing that. So whatever you said, yes, but also that. And then in the second stanza, I think the important line is, I'm just trying to get by with my pride a little bit intact. Because Shrek, as he says several times throughout this movie, throughout the second movie, throughout the first movie, is an ogre. And as we've established, with that comes a certain uh, amount of self-doubt. So the line, trying to get by with my pride a little bit intact, I think kind of goes back a little bit. We don't know this yet, but of the theme of fatherhood in this film, because uh, Shrek, the becoming a father brings back Shrek being scared of being an ogre. So I think that that pride with my pride, a little bit intact is referring to uh, the first two movies. Shrek has built up his self-esteem. Right. And then now that he's going to be a father, it's all kind of crumbling back down, which I think is seen in this movie periodically throughout. He like kind of, it's it's a bit of an, he goes back up once him and Arthur had their fireside chat. Yeah. It's a bit of an extinction period, basically not exactly, but basically it refers to kind of, it has to do with like addiction, but the same, same kind of principle kind of applies here. Basically, an extinction period is when you have gotten rid of an addiction, but it comes back harder and more powerful than before. And basically, if you can get through it, you're good. If not, well, you're going back into addiction. And I think that this kind of plays the same here. Whereas, like you're saying, Shrek develops this higher self-esteem, but then it all comes tumbling down. And whether or not he can get through from this is going to determine whether or not he's going to be okay coming out of it. Right. And I want to. I want to... I don't know how far the song goes, but the next. I don't uh, think it. I think it just plays the first two lyrics, the first two stanzas. But yeah, you can keep okay. talking about it. Well, the next uh, verse basically says, "I didn't ask for anything but being with you." So it's like a Fiona, right? And that's the only thing I was born to do. So basically, it's saying like, "I did not ask for any of this." All I want to do is be with you. Well, and then and that's echoed in Shrek's line when he's like, "It's just gonna be you and me and the swamp." And right. Fiona's and like, then it's not, and he's like, "Yeah, it is." 
And then every time she says, Shrek, I'm... What? Shrek, I'm... Oh, you too, honey. Right. Love you. But um, I want to talk about the song that ends this movie, also by the Eels. Also by the Eels. Called Losing Streak. And I think it's the perfect book. These two songs are the perfect bookends to this movie because that one perfectly just like sets up Shrek's mood in the beginning. And this one perfectly encapsulates the journey Shrek has gone on and how he's in a different place at the end. What's it called? Losing Streak. But the, the lyrics go... And this plays at the end when like Shrek is being a good dad and they're just playing with all the babies. It says, was I wrong about the world? It's a beautiful new place. Where, where else could a creep like me meet such a pretty face? Meeting every day with the rising sun, looking up, it's looking like my losing streak is done. And like, I mean, the song keeps going on, but you get the gist of the meaning behind it in those stanzas. So basically... Kind of like the end of the first song, movie when they play I'm a Believer. Uh, Shrek was saved by Fiona, and he felt like he had a losing streak before he met her because of everything, of all the self-separation and self-doubt that he dealt with. But I think I think the best line in the song is the first line, is, was I wrong about the world? Because that not only encapsulates this movie, but also the journey that Shrek's been on since the first movie. Yeah, and, that, and what he'll continue right to go on and that what he believes is not necessarily correct and i would argue that it's fiona who shows him that truth in each movie yeah well it goes on i don't know even know if you said this but it goes on to say you used to always feel like wish that i was dressed better never had a lot of luck until i finally met her so i th- think shrek shrek was definitely saved by fiona uh whether he was ready for that or not. Yeah. Well, and I think I think that this uh, a message that you know is kind of really purveying here now that I'm thinking about it is that you know s- seeing being seen from someone else's perspective can really help you make a change within yourself. On the outside looking in that's, that's from dog song. okay isn't that from scooby-doo talking dog movie that we're not gonna tell them oh uh beep there we go okay um but yeah i think that that really like because if you're only if you're only looking at yourself from your own point of view you're never gonna be able to change but as soon as somebody presents the idea that it's not how you think it is then you can make that change as michael jackson said it uh they're talking the man in the mirror. Yeah. It's like, you, yeah, take a look at yourself. And if you want to make the world a better place. If you want to make the world a better place, you got to look at yourself and then make the change. Which, if you've seen the Lego Batman movie, you know that it was actually Lego Batman that said that and not Michael Jackson. Right, because the Lego Batman came before Michael Jackson. Yes. But, so those two songs, Royal Pain by the Eels and Losing Streak by the Eels, book in the movie. But there's a third song I want to talk about. And that is Barracuda, written yes. by Hart, performed in this movie by Fergie. And it takes place in the scene that birthed the feminism movement. Which, god damn it, John, uh, uh, what's your name, Thomas? Can I just say that out of every, especially in Endgame, the pro-feminist uh, sequences are all trash. Except this one, Thomas. This, it's actually because a lot of this fun. one it makes so much sense too. It's not just everybody's there. Okay, here's only the girls. Right. Like they 
started together and they are ending together. And it also shows kind of like the further deconstruction of Disney, um, how like Fiona and her mom have, even though it didn't necessarily happen on screen per se, like we see them escaping and then they're like, hey, we're not just going to be the damsels in distress anymore. We're going to fight. We're going to be the damsels in destruction. Right. But the, the choosing this song, I think, is perfect because A, it was written and performed by Hart, which is an all-female group, I'm pretty sure. And then in this movie, it was sung by Fergie, who I think was the only female member of the Black Eyed uh, Peas. The Black Eyed Peas, yeah. So that's like further like girl power, you know? But then lyrically, I've never examined the song before, so this could be wrong. But Ooh, Barracuda. Better out than in, I always say. But I think that this song is about like getting back getting back against an ex. As like like the opening line says, So this ain't the end. I saw you again today. I had to turn my heart away. Smiled like the sun, kisses for everyone, and tales it never fails. You lying so low in the weeds, I bet you're going to ambush me. You'd have me down, down, down on my knees. Now wouldn't you, Barracuda? Barracuda. So I think the Barracuda in this song is like an, is like the, I think the Barracuda in this song is like an evil ex per se, which in this movie would be be Prince Charming, who is, who they're going to attack. Right. So this, this song, for all the reasons I just listed, is, is perfectly picked for this scene. It's going to be. Which also, speaking of the girls, I was looking. I looked at the cast for this movie. All of those girls are like SNL alum for the most part. Like Snow White is Amy Poehler, Rapunzel is Maya Rudolph, Cinderella is Amy Sedaris, who I don't know if she was on SNL or not, but I feel like she would have been. Mm-hmm. She voiced Princess Carolyn and Bojack. If you know what that yes, is, yes, yep. So, whoa. Oh, and th- think, okay. Those also, those are also people that probably wouldn't conventionally be cast as princesses. Yeah. So well, that guy, that guy, I think that goes more into well, yeah, the that's idea what I did. like. Well, and then they like rip. All, there's a little scene when they're actually leaving. That they're Snow White rips off part of her shirt, and there's a tattoo. What does that tattoo say? Oh, I didn't notice that. There's a tattoo. Let me see if I can look it up. But also, or if you want to look it up, I'll keep talking. Uh, so the the stack the the cast. Just in general, it's like stacked. If you have Ian McShane as Captain Hook, which hey, I love Ian McShane. Later, he played Blackbeard in Pirates of the Caribbean. So do okay, that information. Says, what you oh, it says Dopey. It's a heart that says Dopey. Oh, like the like the dwarf. Yeah, you got Seth Rogen as the ship captain, and like all these names, are like people that I know but I didn't recognize somehow. John Krasinski is Lancelot. What? Uh, John John Cleese is King Harold. I knew that. And then you got you got uh Eric Idle as Merlin, who's another Monty Python guy. Which can I just say Merlin's wearing Burks? Oh, is he? Yeah, I know what I Yeah, Larry King as Doris, the ugly stepsister. Which obviously that's did we talk we about know. that last time? Yeah. Okay. And then as the other ugly stepsister, you got Regis Philbin. <laughs> what? Which if you don't know who that is, him and Larry King are both like talk show people. Yeah. And so I love that. There's, isn't there? Is there a third ugly stepsister? Is there? I don't think two? so. Okay. Well, that those are perfect castings, in my opinion. That's hilarious. But I mean, yeah, this whole cast is just yeah. So so uh, Snow Snow White rips off her her sleeves. Uh, Sleeping Beauty rips off like her the bottom part of her pants. I don't remember what Rapunzel does. Rapunzel doesn't matter because she's evil. 
Yeah, and then she's not even really have long hair. Yeah. So go back to Father Deconstruction. All right, we're almost out of time. Um, is there anything else important that you want to mention? Well, not necessarily important. There are a few things I want to talk about. So I want to talk about the high school. Okay, yeah, we can talk about that. Um, the things I have are like ancillary. I, there's not a whole lot I want to talk about the high school. I just think it's amazing that a, a modern, I would say is representative of like an 80s high school. I can see that, especially with how they talk. Yeah. And we have like the nerds and like the jocks. Because nowadays, those... just, the, the nerd, one of them gets a nosebleed from laughing. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Which I love that so much. But yeah, um, it's, I don't, because I think modern high schools, especially is, and when we were in high school, which was only like, what, four years ago or something? Less than that. Those groups didn't really exist. They still existed, but not on they, the level. They weren't like, they weren't as defined. Yeah. Or separated. Right. Um, so I think this is, very um, word of an 80s high school. So there's the nerds. There's the Beverly Hills girls. Um, they're, the uh, they're the jocks and then they're the stoners. Right. Who is it? Is it? Is it? What do they get out of? Is it a van? I thought it was a van. Because it looks like a like, van. It's probably like a carriage. But regardless, they get out of something. Be. And then there's lockers and there's a pep rally. And it's just. And it's amazing. So wait, didn't I say. So the Shrek universe is just a better version of a Night's Tale. I said that last episode, but it's absolutely true. Because even this, I mean, it's just so well ingrained into their society rather than being like little Easter eggs. Also, that one girl, yeah, it's a carriage. They get out of a carriage, but it looks like a, a it looks like a van. van. Yeah. It looks like a mystery machine, as a matter of fact. Well, the 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 Sonar van is a VW minibus, which is what the... Uh, um. There's also that girl that like asked Shrek to prom or whatever. Yeah. What is he said? I mean, obviously he says no, but I don't think he says anything. Also, something that's really funny, I think, is when the dude is like, You're this is your new mascot, the ogre. One of the other mascot guys like takes his head off and throws <laughs> it on the ground. Yeah. Uh so, like, again, the... I said this last week, but the animators in Shrek, they don't forget anything. They don't. And I love that uh the scene when he goes into the mascot contest. He's like, are you sure this is real? And, and then, then Puss and Donkey are like beating him up. <laughs> yeah. Which at the end of this movie, I mentioned in the recap that they like switch bodies, Puss and Donkey. Then this movie, they have switched tails. I don't think they do in the fourth movie. So that might be a better out than in, I always say. Well, the only, well, I don't remember anything from the fourth movie except that somebody says we're Donkulous. <laughs> well, it's probably Donkey. Yeah, um, that's all I remember. Well, the far, so there is a bit of discrepancy in the Shrek franchise, and we can talk about this more next week, because Rumpelstiltskin is in this movie, Shrek the Third, and he's the villain of the fourth movie. But they are not the same at all. Yeah, and there's other characters, minor characters, that show up in, in different films in this franchise, and they don't have the same character model. But uh, that's not like a huge discrepancy. Well, but it also shows that they didn't plan these movies out in advance, which I think is interesting given that uh, I said that it's like it feels like the natural progression yeah, for yeah, the character. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rumpelstiltskin, Prince Charming doesn't actually say his name. I think, I think he calls him Rumple. He calls him, he's like Rumple Fiddlesticks or something. And he's like, Rumpelstiltskin. Well, anyways. So maybe, so maybe somebody has to say Rumpelstiltskin for his true form to be activated. 
But sorry, so do you have anything else to say about the school? Um, not about the school. No, I don't think. Let me. Look. Okay. Well, there's a few things I wanted to mention. Uh, are those trees supposed to be the trees from Wizard of Oz? Because I don't remember like I a fairy tale that's like, supposed to be ants. Because I can't think of a fairy tale that has like evil woods. But like in Wizard of Oz, they have like talking angry trees. Evil trees in fairy tales. And then also, I feel she's never mentioned by name, but I'm pretty sure Little Red Riding Hood was in the evil bar. And then she later is seen pickpocketing somebody. Yeah, she is. So is Red Riding Hood a bad guy? Okay, so so okay. Well uh uh maybe. Um well, but, in her book, the bad guy would be the wolf, but like in these movies, the wolf is the—he's always wearing the nightgown. Well, and that—that that might be like the dualism there. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, since the wolf is the good guy, does that mean she's a bad yeah, guy? Yeah, that's what I would assume. Um, so keep in mind that Disney fairy tales are actually the Brothers Grimm fairy tales. Well, not it's not all of them. True. Like Little Mermaid and Frozen is Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah, but. That's that's modern Disney. That doesn't count. Little Mermaid is not modern. It was in the seventies. Mulan's a Chinese thing. Hercules is Greek. Aladdin is Arabian. Wrong. Well, it's not Aladdin. Lion it's actually, King is it's Hamlet. Actually... Okay. Well, forget what I said then. Yes. Were you going to go somewhere further with that? I was just going to say so it could be from a grim fairy tale. Well, I think it's, I think it's from the Wizard of Oz. Kundur un Which is also owned by Disney. Everything's owned by I Disney. Think. Except DreamWorks. Did you know Transformers is DreamWorks? DreamWorks is owned by Universal now. Who has Simpsons? No. Disney has Simpsons. Simpsons is Fox. Oh, yeah. And Disney bought Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Transformers is, is DreamWorks. Okay. All right, that's all I got. That's because Steven Spielberg was a producer. He made Jaws. Yeah. That's not the one JP worked on, though. No. That's American Sniper. Yeah. Anyway. Jaws was in the 80s. Jaws was in the 70s. Jaws is in the 80s. Jaws is 70s. Look it up. It's the 80s. 1975. That's what I said, the 80s. That's okay. Um, so, each of these movies have had slight commentary on police and, like, bad police police brutality and it gets lesser in each one i think there is one line in this one um <laughs> police brutality <laughs> no that's not the second one donkey says i've got your badge number 10 can so I is think, this is this from the uh this is when he's puss but is but is it when they they get caught going to the play it's when they, they get thrown in jail like with all the girls i think Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he gets, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, I got your badge number 10, kid. But there's also that scene. Which implies that um, that they were harassed by the police officer. Yeah, or the yeah, night. Yeah. And there's also, this, this I think, was commentary on like the American prison system. Uh, this is me reaching a little bit here. So you may disagree. Uh, you, all your shaggy goose egg boys at home. But this is what I think. And it's my podcast. So shut up. Uh, the trees, when Arthur's giving his speech, like, you just gotta love yourself! The trees are like, it's hard to come by honest work when the whole world is against you. 
And so I thought that line. So obviously he's talking about like being a villain and like that talking tree yeah. and how like no one wants to hire a talking but tree. But that's the service. We're here to. But I think bit. what what the underlying meaning there is how ex cons, whether they had like a violent crime or nonviolent crime, if once you've been to prison. There are several places that won't hire you just because you've been the president. It's like you're the president. You're always the president, even when you're not the president. Right. And so it is harder once you have been in jail, and I can't speak to other countries, but in America, once you have gone to prison, it is harder to, it is harder to find a job. That is a fact. So I thought that was an interesting point uh, there, how like this, this, this discrimination yeah. of – People, although in their case, it's kind of more like being tracked being well, an over. And this can go back to the uh, the whole idea of the American system. Yeah. It's flawed. Yep. Find out in a couple weeks what we think about America. Tune in. Shake a back. All right. I think I think that's all we got. We got to rate it on explosions, though. I don't think do. there was any explosions. Dude, there was no. Dude, Shrek is really letting me See, down. See, uh, the first movie at least had a bird explode. It did. It had a bird explode. This movie didn't even have that. Snow White like actually had real birds. Honestly, Thomas, did is there even a single explosion? Uh, I I do not think so. I don't. I think mean, so. Merlin might explode something. Well, he poofs them. So honestly, Thomas, I think I'm gonna have to give this a point five. I'm watching a YouTube video called Whammy Zammy, everybody. <laughs> oh, that's his uh that's when that's when they go uh Which uh, do you think since it was Eric Idle, do you think all of the Merlin scenes were like improvised? I don't know who that is. He's one of the he's the Monty Python guy who's in the poop and he's the one that's like, Bring oh, out your dad. It's it's at least there might have been a direction. But there was at least a. I mean, Cleese is also. Uh, I love. Well, there's an explosion. Oh, he blew up a rock. Yeah. Yeah. After I, after I cracking his knuckles. That, though, because it's not a real living thing. So that might be a point five. Is your rock exploding? Yeah, Whammy Zammy. He's wearing Burks. Is he? Do you think he's wearing underwear? No, because they reference that. They say Shrek says something about how like his robe doesn't cover up his. Oh yeah, that's right. Off. That's right. That's right. All right, so in this YouTube video called Whammy Zammy, uh, Shrek and them don't explode. That's good camera work. Shrek and them don't explode, but they do get poofed away. That's what I'm saying, 0.5. I don't think I can get. I don't think I can go, I can go any higher. I'm trying to think, is this? There's not even like anything that could be misconstrued as a blow. Like there's not even like a, an emotional blow up in this one. I don't think. There's not. There are no blow-ups. Now, there are glow-ups, but no blow-ups. Who glows up? Who glows up? Yeah. Shrek. Arthur. Shrek doesn't glow up. He glows up. He glows up in the second one. When he, he glows up in this human. one. Oh. Oh, well, I can't play YouTube videos anymore. So, uh, I guess Shrek might be our first movie that has no explosion. Is Shrek the third? It has one. There's a rock explosion. Blew, okay, well, yeah, all right. Let me think. The boat catches on fire. Uh, the bottle explodes. I guess it shatters. No, it, doesn't. it doesn't, though. He just breaks the boat. Oh, okay. Uh, he he maybe cuts a dude's head off. Happened off screen. Yeah, not a blow up though. No, but also I, doesn't I ha- also doesn't out. happen on screen. Yeah, Shrek might have killed somebody <laughs> in front of the whole kingdom as king. 
you know, Shrek's life kind of gets blown up by Don't, all the stop, babies. Stop, stop, Thomas. Stop trying. There's not any explosions. That happens in the fourth movie. Farts, burps. Nope. Uh, the the queen bangs her head against the wall. Nope, not an explosion. Did you think was there any like special effects explosions in the plays? Well, this whole movie CGI. So, except for except for Shrek, he's actually Mike Myers in costume. Mike Myers. Yeah. Right. I guess I'll have to go with a point five. Sorry, Shrek the Third. Point five. Down. Well. It's already considered the worst out of the quadrilogy. Well, I don't even know in our rankings where it stands. Pretty sure it's the lowest. I think Shrek 2 had a 0.75, and then Shrek 1 had like a 1 or a 2. Yeah, I mean, the bird exploded, so yeah. it had something. Well, I think Shrek Forever After will have more explosions because it's in an alternate reality, and there's an ogre resistance. So, Gigi. come back next week to hear us talk about that. So, 0.5 out of 5 yeah, point for five. Shrek Deterred. 0.5 blow-ups. We've, okay, so we've got one more Shrek movie to go, and then maybe something special. Who knows? It's going to be Halloween um, on the last Saturday of this month. Shrek-tober! So, of Shrek-tober! So make sure you stay tuned in. Um, if you want to um, tell us about your experiences with your parents, I know we talk a lot about parents. Let us know. Um, let, let us know if your experiences with Shrek. I want to know... If you have nightmares about Shrek, did you Shrek have, you slather have, you in barbecue sauce? And try to eat you. And try to eat you. I want to know if you have wet dreams about Shrek. Uh, I, I do not know. know. I do, I don't want to know that. Let us know how you feel about uh, Ogre Thomas and anything else. Shrek, 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 Shrek. All Shrek, all forever. And make sure you to tell them where to tell us. Well, I'm about to say that. Make sure you leave a green like. And a green follow and a green subscribe. Um, and you can hit us up over at Twitter at pacinopod.com or you can shoot us a little green little email at pacinopodcast. You at said pacinopod.com for Twitter. Did I? Yeah. At pacinopod on Twitter <laughs> and pacinopodcast at gmail.com. All right. Just remember, folks, it's all ogre now, but also it ain't over till it's ogre. It ain't over yet, baby. Stout and sauerkraut. State and sauerkraut.